Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to this uh, extra special 59th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, joining you, uh, as always, for the second time this week, because we joined you zero times last week, so we're making up for it uh, with our regularly scheduled episode. I'm talking about your uh, resurgent and uh, resplendent Toronto Blue Jays. Winners of three games in a row, three of four against the uh, hated, hated Texas Rangers. Despised, reviled Texas Rangers, uh, which is good. Two games via walk-off and one uh, verse via walk-over. <laughs> joining me to talk about all of the latest and greatest Toronto Blue Jays news and notes, uh, Old Reliable. Old Reliable, yeah. Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm not unwell. You're not unwell? Yeah, yeah. You're very reliable today. Today, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah today's one of those days where I, where I felt reliable. Yeah. You were reliably asleep when I arrived. That's also true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It happens, you know? Yeah. You know, you're out I'm, there more, I'm more okay with it at 9 o'clock than at, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon like it had been for a couple weeks. So, yeah. So, it's good. It's Everything's all, good. It's all good. It, it is all good. Uh, so, yeah, it, it could have gone... This could have been a very different conversation, I think, than it's going to be. Uh, two, winning two one-run games is similar to losing two one-run games. And there's not necessarily a lot to draw from it. It just makes the conversation a little bit easier and nicer. It certainly does. Because if yeah. the Jays had just lost three or four to the Rangers, including two one-run games or games that were <laughs> lost in the ninth, it would, the end of the world would be upon us. Well, they have lost quite a few games that they probably should have won, so it's nice to see them win some, uh, a couple close games. Uh, it's also nice to see them beat the shit out of Derek Holland and make him, make yeah, him I don't cry and drink his tears and, uh... I don't begrudge Derek Holland. I mean, I think people made way... He up, soiled our rally towel. Yeah, which is the I stupidest thing. I think it's just more like, uh... He soiled that throwaway rag that literally every Blue Jays fan... Has soiled themselves, I'm sure. I uh, did not me. No, not me. At game five, I did not, not, not even once. Wow, Don't touch the towel. Good on you. That's why the, That's why they won. That's that why game. they won. Yeah, that's, that's why totally they, why they won. Jose that Bautista game. was so impressed with my <laughs> my inability to um, to touch the towel that he hit that home run into my section. So uh, shout out Jose Bautista. Mm. He knew. He knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to everyone who listens and uh, and subscribes to Birds All Day. On iTunes and on whatever pod catcher of your choice, uh, you can. If you haven't, you can do that on iTunes. Search for Birds All Day. It's on the chart there somewhere. We got that E rating now, which is which is killing us. Oh yeah, a little bit, a little bit a little killing bit, us. Yeah, uh, but it's cool. It's out there. Just search for Birds All Day. Rate review. We got a ton of great reviews and and uh, some ones that are honest as well. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. So we're very thankful for everyone who has done so, who has left a review, who is who has uh, subscribed. I like how you. Did. You're implying the great reviews are not honest. The great reviews it's only are the bad reviews that are that are honest. The honest reviews are the honest ones. Okay. Either way, I, I we're very appreciative of everyone who listens. We're also very appreciative of everyone who goes to Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay and uh, extends us a few of your uh, hard-earned dollars. Uh, it means a lot to us. It keeps us going. Keeps us honest. Uh, keeps me buying T-shirts online that I have no business buying. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Uh, but it's uh, it's all good. And get uh, myself a T-shirt from the fine people at uh, Whataburger. You are. Oh yeah. I saw you that interacting is, with their that brand. That is a brand. Online. That is a brand that knows how to interact, right there. Yeah, I yeah. bought a Julian Baker T-shirt today oh, very because nice. I may think she's the greatest. 
Uh, so I bought a Julian Baker t-shirt and it cost me as much to ship it as it did to buy it. <laughs> That's how that works. Welcome to Canada. Uh, when I got my 2001 Alan Jackson tour t-shirt, uh, same thing. And your Billy I think it was 2002 because it was, uh, it was post 9-11. It was the, 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 the eagle and flag and, and it, you know, forlorn looking Alan Jackson on the back of the shirt was, uh, was quite good. Where were you when they built a ladder to heaven? I don't know. It changed everything for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you again to everybody who supports and keeps birds all day running and cooking and uh, watching the Raptors just evaporate against the heat. Uh, it's good. It's a good week. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers are coming to town this weekend. Clayton Kershaw. Go see Clayton Kershaw. So we'll talk a little bit about that. You he know, is the second best pitcher in baseball after Noah Syndergaard. Jake Arrieta has a claim, I think, probably to that as well. Somebody asked me... Chris Sale's not bad. Uh, if someone on the radio today mm-hmm. may have made a claim that since the trade deadline last year, you could make a case that Jay Happ is the <laughs> He's pitched really well. He has pitched ridiculously well. It's a bit of apples to, apples to oranges. I would think that's true, yeah. yeah maybe not an apples to They can't even hit a fucking free throw. Not, sorry. <laughs> not apples to apples, but... Uh, He's been really good. He has. Somebody asked if how, if what's it going to take to keep Noah Syndergaard mentions out of the podcast, and I think that uh, it would be not the only time we'll ever not have a Noah Syndergaard mention was the one we did last week because we didn't do one last week. Yeah, it's it's literally it's, it does stone. have to happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. So we're gonna well, we're gonna talk about it because we already kind of ran through the news and things, and you know a lot of the stuff will be related. And it's so early in the season that it's it's silly to make any kind of great. Um, proclamations or draw any strong conclusions but i want to know the things you believe so i'm going to ask you some questions and we're going to look around at the team and wonder if there are some things that we should believe or not believe about your 2016 toronto blue jays are you ready for that i'm ready for that yeah you're ready for that are you ready for that uh so we'll do that and so much more on this bonus edition of birds all day Okay, so as I mentioned, we're going to do a little, play a little game, do a little bit of a Do You Believe, is, is how I've titled it. Okay. So, the first thing I want to know is, do you believe the starting pitching will hold out like this? Not like this. Not like this. I think they'll, I think they'll be fine, though. I'm, you know, with every game, I get less, uh, less concerned about Marco Estrada turning back into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think well, you know. I think he's legit. I think what what he's doing seems to work quite well for him. Uh, I think the book on him is is out long enough ago that it's not mm-hmm. that it's not like he's it's not like he's surprising anybody. That's I, true. You know, I think they know that is uh, you know how he's going to attack people. How you know, and it's just the changeup is so good. The uh, you know all the stuff, the spin rates, the elevating the fastball, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, it is effective. Jay Happ, similar story. I think you know he's not as good as he's looked so far at the end of last year, but mm-hmm. but yeah, feel pretty good about uh, 
about all of them, really. I, I like. I mean, the they've kind of pissed away some really good starting pitching that I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at their month to month splits, there will be months that are much worse than than April. I am sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they'll be fine. Do you not? I I think that they will. I my... is it is it a championship? Is it a championship caliber rotation? Though? Well, the thing with the I think with this this starting rotation is it's never going to be easy. They're they're not. They're we've we've talked about the, about this a little bit that they are kind of like a FIP buster or a FIP proof yeah. team. Yeah. So if you want to look at those kind of like run metrics, you got you have to be wary of that of those kind of things because they are not a they're not a good strikeout team. True. Uh, but they are a team that plays in front of an amazing defense. So I mean if coming into tonight, they were uh 27th in baseball in terms of strikeouts per 9 innings. But they're like top ten in ERA, they are top three, I think, in the American League and wins above replacement because they've they've just pitched. Is that FIP based wins above replacement? Yeah, but that's, that's crazy. And you know why that is? Is because they have pitched one hundred and eighty three innings <laughs> yeah. going into tonight when yeah. half went seven strong and just pulled out with you know only throwing ninety pitches. Hey, with so, the with the relaxed you know arrested bullpen like that, the bullpen must be really good too. <laughs> 190 innings after half start tonight is really in through a month and four or five whatever days five days. Yeah. That's really good. That's really powering them in terms of wins or replacement. So you got guys like Stroman who is uh, Stroman and Hap who are maybe more traditional pitchers, but guys who are not striking out a lot of people. But they Stroman in particular, I think I saw might have been Mark Simon or someone talking about uh, lowest average. Uh, exit velocity. Stroman's getting a lot of weak contact, that's, which you'd expect him to that's do. That's a thing he does. Yeah, now that he can, now that he can sink the ball, it's crazy that that just sort of materialized yeah, like, oh, when he was in the big leagues. It's like, a good idea. To th- yeah. Something to learn. Uh, so, I think that the starting pitching could last. And I was going to mention this before, after before tonight's game was, I thought that the starting pitching would last longer as a as a plus than the bats would as a negative. I think I have more faith that the, the pitching is real than the bad offense was real. Then they went out yeah. and scored yeah. you know, a do- literally a dozen runs tonight, which one game against Derek Holland of all fucking people doesn't change anything. But I believe in the starting pitching. Ari Dickey's going to have his Ari Dickey starts. You know, Jay Happ's not Corey Kluber all of a sudden. He's not going to pitch. What if he is? He's drinking by out. It's, <laughs> it's worrisome yeah. that there are just, just going to be days when you can't, you can't reach him. You can't reach... All the balls that go bounding through the infield. You can't... I don't care how good the left side of the infield is and the first baseman is defensively and the center fielder. You know, and, you know, the corner outfielders are not great, but whatever. The defense is good. The defense is, in terms of defensive run saved, is, is among the highest in the league. So, there's a lot of... There's a lot to believe in the starting pitching and its ability to keep it up. How do you feel... Like, I mean... Is this just that? Is it out of necessity that they end up with guys like this, with Haps, the Haps of the world, and the Estradas, and making Stroman go away from strikeouts into being a con, you know, almost a pitch to contact guy, or a, you know, guys trying to induce con? Is it an or- organizational philosophy? Do you think, or is it is it just they've happened to cobble together a rotation like this? It's a good question. I don't like. Do they think strikeouts are overvalued and, and think they're getting better money for their their dollar by not? 
I think uh, it's paying for those kind of guys. I I think that there might there might be an element of that. It's interesting, especially not sort of to interrupt again, but just because it's an organiz if it's an organizational thing, it's you know the organization is changing a little bit uh, in the front office. So for it to continue, not as many big armed goons. Yeah, but I mean for it to go, you know, for them to start collecting these guys under Anthopolis and then maybe continue it a bit uh, under Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro is maybe points to it not being an organizational philosophy kind of a thing, but I don't know. It's interesting. They certainly is working for them. It -hmm. makes sense when you have, well, it didn't make sense when you had fucking Jose Reyes here. So, which was, which is, you know, still only 10 months ago or whatever Mm -hmm. it was, not even. Um, But yeah, no, it, uh, it makes sense with the pieces that they have to have gone this way. You can't help but wonder about, if if you're going to go down that road and think about the team that beat them in the playoffs last year and be like, if the Royals are the new blueprint, if there's so much, if the reaction is everyone strikes out, so our team won't strike out, so then you decide you're going to build a, a team that's not totally contingent or a pitching staff that's not contingent on the strikeouts. But I also think at the same time, if if Aaron Sanchez turned into... And you know, a Syndergaard and strike out ten or eleven guys a night. No one's going to complain. Yeah, that's that's true. That's, uh, I think true. I, I mean, mean it, I think they brought in Dickey not thinking that he was going to be hey, going to reduce you know induce weak contact. Yeah, he was he was a guy who's striking out more in that one magical Cy Young season of his. I wonder about uh, um, the. I was reading the guy Jamie Newberg, who who's the Rangers writer that I've referred to multiple mm-hmm, times, yeah. especially last year. And he he talked about the the Rangers are a study, and and I tweeted this the other day, and watching them this week um, closely more than usual is that I talk a lot of smack on the Rangers because I don't like them, but there is so much to like about that team. There really is, yeah. Like the way that they can develop Odor and. The, I, I forgot that Nomar Mazzara was like a record-setting signing out of the DR. They gave him $5 million as a 16-year-old. Oh, and there were, people were mad because they gave him so much money. But it's like, well, no, he's ridiculous. He's, and here he is, ridiculous, he's, he's good, at the yeah. youngest player in the big leagues. But the Rangers starting pitching up in, before tonight, every single pitcher had gone at least five, I think. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's good. Give me, give me innings, and then they pitched. They all pitched pretty well. But I don't think any of them had, other than maybe one or two Cole Hamill starts, had pitched even into the eighth inning. So it's good yeah. to get good starting pitching, and maybe you build the, your Raptors, your, your Raptors team, your Blue Jays team. You want <laughs> slightly these guys distracted to, here as a little the Raptors bit. game comes down to the wire. You yeah. want you want your guys to pitch a bit more, uh, but you still need to have a good bullpen. You can't completely bullpen proof your team. Yeah. Right. Even if you're the if only you could whatever like the 2001 Phillies or something like that, right? But uh, it's an interesting contrast. But again, I do want to give the Rangers a lot of credit. They are again. This is a team that's got nothing. Jerickson Profar was one of the top three prospects in baseball like three years ago. Has barely played. Hasn't played at all in yeah. two years. Yeah. Uh, they have so many more guys coming. They traded for Hamels, who's and he's been great. He's been exactly what they wanted, and it didn't. It didn't totally gut their their farm system, right? They've yeah, still got true. just waves of guys waiting to come. Louis Brinson is waiting to come to the big leagues. Joey, Joey Gallo, Gallo is like yeah. hanging out. They signed yeah. they and they signed Adrian Beltre to an extension because he's amazing. And like, why wouldn't you? But now you're like, well, we gotta find a place for this guy who yeah, gets yeah. like 
he's like well, Mazzaro an 80 raw even, guy. Mazzaro wouldn't even be here if Chu didn't get hurt. Right? Yeah, like, and that's that, to me again. That's people are wary of big moves, right? If, the, yeah. if you're the Blue Jays, for example, the Bautista for the thing we've talked about a million times. If they sign Bautista, they're screwed. He'll be eating up so much of their payroll, or you can't miss on things like that. The Rangers be less of a concern if fucking Martin and Tulowitzki weren't eating up so much of the payroll. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, <laughs> I, I'm saying to look at the Rangers who yeah. completely whiffed on the Prince Fielder thing. He's yeah. been he's been hurt and bad. He was he had like a really good month last year, which kind of made his season, I think, stand up a bit more than it truthfully did. Probably, yeah. But he's been terrible. Josh Hamilton, they brought him in for nothing. It didn't cost yeah. anything, but he's been terrible. Like he doesn't even. He's, he they're does, he doesn't they're doing everything anymore, they can yeah. to keep him away. Yeah. Uh, uh, two was really bad his first year until the end. Of, until coming right. to the end of last year, he was good, but they've they've really made some bad. Like they gave away Ian Kinsler, who there's talk today in the, the Detroit papers yeah. about him maybe being a Hall of Famer. Like if you look at Baseball Reference, Ian Kinsler's like had 50 wins above replacement for his career. That that is like a he's re- like a regular Willie Randolph. Yeah, I saw that. He's a maybe more like a regular <laughs> Lou Whitaker. No, Lou Whitaker is actually really really good. So is Ian Kinsler. Yeah, it's true. Ian Kinsler's really good, at, and his offensive numbers are nice. But he's also like a really good defender. He's also a uh, an amazing base runner. He's like one of the best base runners in baseball over the however many long the last decade. Yeah. He's great, but. He's no Robbie Alomar. He's no Robbie Alomar. I'd, I'd take Alomar out of the Hall of Fame to put Lou Whitaker in. I think, <laughs> I think that would be. I think that would be just. I think that would be a just outcome. I, I was. I was wondering what kind of trash take you were going <laughs> to offer this week that was going to make everyone else think you're insane. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, the Rangers are the Rangers are a, a good model to follow, but they're also got to be wary of, of that of that thing where yeah, getting nice starting pitching is nice, but you can't just put it all on yeah. them. So, well, it's nice to have the prospect depth uh, to be able to make mistakes too. Yeah. That's that's a thing. That's where the Jays are always sort of thin. And 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 I've mentioned this point on on this show probably last year as well. And that, that's a point that that Jamie Newberg made was not only is it good to develop your own players, but it's good to have the other teams have faith in your development, so that when it comes time to trade for your guys, you can get a fair return on them. You have a team like the Phillies who can look at the guys that you're going to give them, and they are like, this guy's legit. We're getting mm-hmm. a good prospect who will develop into an even better player because he has a strong foundation because we believe the Rangers can do that. And if you're the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays have, have a... I would say that despite the fact that there are not a lot of like homegrown uh, position players in the lineup today... Because they stopped drafting <laughs> position players about six years ago? Yeah. Kevin Pillar. There you go. Everyday center fielder, there homegrown guy. Not bad. Uh, he's, he's a big win for the scouting department. Yeah. But... I yeah, I don't think he's going to be a five-win player again this year. That's don't jump ahead. Okay, don't jump ahead. Also, should, should, speaking of Shinsu Chu, future Blue Jay. There you go. Do you see the uh, Do you see the love hit between him and Shapiro on the field there? No. This week there, I, there, I was looking through the the Getty and the USA Today yeah. image archive, and yeah, when there few shots of like Shapiro down on the field, Chu, you know, taking batting practice, and they're just hugging it out. Because well, he rescued him from from the Mariners. Well, yeah. And, and anyone who can make you not a Mariner anymore has got to be a friend of yours. Uh, the next. And and Chu ain't, Chu ain't long for that team, I don't think. Not at that price point. Let's. I'm going to reorganize these a little bit based on what we've been talking about. You Jay, know, I'm, I'm just, just saying, Jays are down two outfielders come next year. All right. And the Rangers have too many. 
Especially, I mean, especially because Michael Saunders, you know, gonna gonna get that qualifying offer. Let's talk about another <laughs> former Mariner, Justin Smoke. Mm-hmm. Do you believe Justin Smoke is an everyday player? On the Toronto Blue Jays or in a general MLB sense? Because I mean, obviously right now they have no choice. But they're uh, giving him the opportunity to prove that he can or cannot do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's easy to shit on him uh, before he hits those two home runs uh, on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Tuesday night or whatever it was. It was Tuesday. Um I, no, I don't think he's an everyday player. You don't think he's an everyday I, player? I'd love to see him take this extended run while they have no other options and prove me wrong. I don't know that he's so far off being an everyday player that that he's not capable of that. I mean, I, I, we talked about this a few podcasts back. Like, what was his weighted runs created plus last year? It was like 112 or something like that. 107 or, last year. 107, yeah. That's yeah. not... It's not ideal for a first baseman, but... Uh... It's not ideal for a first baseman. He currently has a batting average on balls in play. That's uh, good. That's good. Which is higher than his slugging percentage. Well, he didn't have a batting average on balls in play for a while. No. Uh, but he is still drawing walks at a very high rate. He did have a nice hard hit ball right up the middle today. Uh, his numbers, however faulty or however mm-hmm. uh, you are not wanting to believe in them, they're pretty good so far. They're ridiculous. I don't want to give too much away because I think uh, I think John Lott has a piece coming up uh, for us about mm-hmm. this because he spoke to Smoke about what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll give like what a little I know about it away, which is basically I think he said that Smoke was saying you know uh, he's trying to like hit balls over the shift, and I think if you look at like his ground ball rate, it's like ridiculously low. Like he's he's getting balls in the air mm-hmm. and. Uh, and, and good things seem to be happening. I mean, I, the, the walk thing is nice. You know, he's really he's the walk thing is the bonkers. Zone, he's got almost he's very got a well twenty percent walk rate yeah. basically. I don't. When does that stabilize? Like, it can't be can't be after however many plate appearances he has now because I don't think that's going to last. But he's at about he's at sixty six plate appearances for the year. Um, I you know I don't know. He's an he's he's an everyday player for me for now. Uh, I'm fine with that. What and also, but that's the thing. What the fuck else are they going to do? I think it's. You know, he the things he's I think his the power will come will go up and the everything else will come back down. Yeah. That really And and but I think you can the that makes again sense, the, yeah. the we've had the point we would have made in the past was when you're getting so much more from shortstop, when you're getting so much more from, from catcher <laughs> It doesn't matter. You yeah. can you can roll with that. But uh maybe you can't make that same claim right now. The fact that he's a switch hitter Predominantly, with most of his production coming from the left hand side. Yeah, he's a switch hitter in name. He's a switch hitter in name. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is a very nice defender. Again, one of many uh, at a very not important defensive role. But uh, sometimes it's the, the team is incredibly right handed, so it's nice having somebody standing on the other yeah, side of the plate. Yeah, that's why Shinsu Chu when he comes over when Mark Shapiro gets him. Well, between Chu, between Chu and Eric Thames, like there's a lot of left-handed bump good, yeah. on the, in the team next good. year. So, too bad Saunders will you know walked away for that multi-year deal after rejecting the qualifying offer. Future Red Michael Saunders. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, is Justin Smoke an everyday player? Do I believe that? Uh, I believe that he has 
as good a chance of being a viable player that Chris Colabello did at this time last year. Ooh, setting the bar real high there. Eh, Colabello had a great year. He did, but this time last year, who would have expected him to be? No, exactly. Which is to say that no one would have expected Justin Smoke to. No one would have expected Justin Smoke to have been, to be a valuable everyday player, uh, except for everyone in the world for like six years when he was an <laughs> yeah, amateur. There's this huge dude. He's a switch hitter. He plays a nice first base. He's going to be a star. And now, now just lumped in with poor railroaded Chris Colabello. The system, railroaded, yeah, system just. Uh, it's failing him here. Unbelievable. Hard to believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it? We'll go on to the next thing. So do you believe that he's an everyday player? You said oh, for this team, yes, but not really. Yeah. He's got to show me a little more. Yeah. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to give him that. Kevin Pillar. trade away all the other... You're not ready to trade option. away? Yeah. You know, got to want to keep Jesus Montero close, you know? Oh, I haven't heard of his name in a while. Yeah. The feverish Jesus Montero tweets seem to have died down a little bit. Yeah, it's like the... He's like the Dom Brown of this month. Is Dom Brown good now? I don't think so. No, he's the I, I guy. Was, he's the guy who's like, "Oh, hey, I remember that name. Oh, right, he sucks." I would have. It uh, doesn't matter. I would have assumed so. Um, so my next question: Do you believe, Andrew Stoughton, mm-hmm. that Kevin Pillar is really a league average hitter? It's an interesting question. I, league average for his position, or league, league average for, for the, the league? league? No, I don't believe he's that. I don't think he, I don't, he, it, it's too simple to be like, I, because this is kind of true of most guys, because it's the way hitting works. It's just, it's amplified because he doesn't take a walk. But I mean, if you look at his splits, if you look at month by month, it's like, oh, the ones where, the ones where his batting average on balls and play is really high, he's really good. And the ones where the balls aren't fine in holes, he's not. And, and, you know, last year it sort of evened out. In the end, and you look at if you look at his month by month, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, he was dog shit for a month here and there, and then he was really good for a month here and there. And I don't, I, I don't know why he's going to be anything different going forward, you know. And I think the fact that he can't, you know, if he could take a walk, then he some of those dog shit months, could, I think they'd be good enough that he would become a league average. Sure. I, think he's, I think he's not like that far below. So everyone who listens to this knows how reluctant. We are to give Kevin Pillar literally any credit at all. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you look over the past calendar year, so from May 5th, 2015. Oh, we're going to do some arbitrary endpoints. All just right. do a year. Okay. You got 633 plate appearances from Kevin Pillar, which he's produced a 95 yeah. runs created plus. So he's, he's not also, league average. He's a, sh- a shade under league yeah. average. He is a, strikes out well below league average. He's also an exemplary base runner and, and as we all know, a very nice fielder. I mean, this is the thing. It's easy to forget when you when you watch it, but I remember saying this when he was sort of breaking out last year. It's that for years when we looked at Anthony Ghost in the minor leagues, you know, he's got the you know, he's got all those tools. He can steal bases. You know, he he's more of a, that kind of a base runner. But Pollard does provide a lot of value on the base paths. And it was like you know, with everything else, Ghost can do. If he's like a ninety weighted runs created plus kind of guy, mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, whatever you know. Yeah. And and Pilar, though he doesn't quite get there in the exact same way, I think the same thing is true. You know, if he could mm-hmm. be that ninety ninety weighted, just a shade below average, and then bring the base running and bring the uh, the defense that he does in center field, then yeah, like giddy up. Like I'm not calling for Kevin Pilar to 
you know, for Dalton Pompey to come up and take his job away. I don't know if he'll ever be a league average hitter. But. He's a, he is a high average hitter. Yes. Right, but again, he doesn't necessarily draw a lot of walks, and he doesn't hit for a great deal of power. He uh, it'd be interesting to look more at his kind of next level of batted ball stuff, right? Like how hard does he hit the ball? Yeah. And, and I wonder if if you talk about the months where he has, you know, the balls find holes. Yeah. Versus the other months. I don't know. I mean, I to track if yeah. Are those the months where he's just squaring it up, and or are those the months when contact is more of a problem, or where he gets himself into bad counts because he's up there hacking? Yeah. Which is what when Kevin Pilar is bad, even if he's not striking out a lot, he is behind in the count and he's gotten there swinging over stuff. That's yeah. Yeah. So, and I I think I mean I think it's important bringing that up because yeah I mean people look about Babip as. Oftentimes, it's like supposed to be shorthand for luck, which I think is not quite what's going on there. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think when when you look at those fluctuations, there's, you know, like you say, is he squaring balls up? Is he just sort of lost at the plate? Is he? It's not. It's not that he's always the same guy, and the Babbitt fluctuates based on just random chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, I mean, maybe that is a, a positive. Maybe that you know, maybe. As he gets older, as hitters tend to do, you know, the more experience they get, uh, he can cut down on the bad and extend the periods where he's good and, and become a little bit better and, and, and just sort of raise the the overall uh, as he goes along. Ideally, I, that's what that's what would happen because he ain't going to learn how to take a walk. I mean, that's but, that's what the crazy people were saying over the winter. Like, well, now he, he figured out defense. Now he's going to figure out walks. He's a great There are player. lots of good hitters in baseball right now who don't walk as much as you would hope or like true now lots of guys can get away with that we, so we you, talked about that last week you know Ichiro or or even a guy who's walks. who's not necessarily the best parallel because he's a he's a better but Adam Jones is a guy who never walked yeah but he's a great hitter puts a bat on the ball all the time Adam Jones has a lot more power sure. but and he's also or has been or is at least regarded as a very strong defensive outfielder so even if Polar's like a light version of Adam Jones uh the thing, it, I see what you did there. Uh, not really on purpose <laughs> till the end, but uh, one thing that you had said was one thing I was thinking was it's as I use this arbitrary endpoint of the last three hundred sixty-five days, we're getting there's an increasing amount of evidence that suggests that Kevin Pillar is in fact closer to being a league average hitter than we would have given him credit for previously, and. You mentioned extended periods where there was a couple chunks of time where Pilar came up and hit well, or he had a good month here, good month there, whatever. Now it's like he's played every day for a full year, and the whole him getting figured out thing. Maybe that's sort of balanced out, and 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 there's a. I'm more willing to consider that this is who he is. If he's a 90, 95 league, 100 weighted runs graded plus guy with great defense and great base running. Everybody's happy. I think so. And, uh, I mean, just uh, you know, he was scuffling at the start of the year, but it wasn't those Pilar struggle. It wasn't, he wasn't looking like, he wasn't embarrassing himself at the plate. It He's just, still it capable of going. that, like yeah, anybody absolutely. is. absolutely. But, yeah, maybe uh, maybe there's more there than I've been willing to give credit for. But uh, for mm-hmm. damn good reason I wasn't willing to give credit for, because he got to kind of show me that stuff. Next one. Troy Tulowitzki can't hit anymore. Do you believe <laughs> that he's really this quite 
Get some glasses. Get some glasses, Tulo. Lighter get bat. His, get his that eyes was, checked. That was the Fangraphs uh, community guy. Fangraphs. Yeah. He needs a lighter bat. I mean, when you're into those kind of ideas, you're <laughs> you're running out of ideas, I guess. He just looks truly bad. terrible. He does look bad. Like, he's just up there... Uh, did we talk about this on Monday? About just him guessing? I think he just guesses. I think he's a guess hitter. Or he's become a guess hitter. And he's just all in his own head. We saw him take... This, some... Does this go back into your thing about Colorado? You know, No. Less, well, less guessing in Colorado when nobody's going to use their breaking stuff? Or, or it, like you can guess you can guess fastball a lot more easily in Colorado because... It very well could be. But I... You know, it's it's been time. It's not... That hasn't... It isn't the in-season adjustment. Yeah. You know, okay, you come to, come to the league, and or you come here, and uh, and you go to spring training, get it all figured out. He just there, he's just taken some really weird pitches. There was a story on yeah. uh, on Sportsnet today about him, like just he's really struggling in the strike zone. Yeah, Nick Ashburn wrote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, good, he's yeah. like not, you know, his contact rate is so is so low. And his swing rate is so low. Like, he's just, I don't know what's going on. And it's the same thing we've mentioned m- multiple times, that he is he turns in these great at-bats, but then it, he just, I don't know how, how or why, he just ends up staring at a pitch that's right in the middle of the plate. It does seem like that's happening a lot, yeah. And it's, uh, it, if it's, it's frustrating for us, I can only imagine how he feels. Yeah, for real. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what you do about it. I mean, you don't do anything about it. You let him keep hitting and hope he figures it out. But Or you get him a lighter bat. You get him a lighter bat. <laughs> uh, speaking of figuring it out. That was a thing last year, though, too. You know, that's been sort of... No, he hit, a, he hit a high fastball today. That was the thing that's been perplexing him a little bit. A little bit. I think I, I saw something... I was because I've been searching for stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. this, is, this is a topic that nobody can seem to sort out. Like, like he used Arenado's bat at some point last year when he was with the Jays, I think. Oh, really? You know, trying to find find something because last year it wasn't great either. Apparently, he was talking about um, he was using Michael Saunders' bat today. Okay. You know, if that if that helps him, if that th- if he thinks that helps him, that's fine. But uh, yeah, it's one. it's weird. It's just sorry. It's no, weird. no, it is it's weird. It's weird. Just this the the lack of contact on the pitches that he's swinging at in the strike zone. Yeah. Is weird, or the lack of swing in the strike. That zone. too, yeah. And you look at some of the guys around him. I was looking at the score of like, what's his contact rate? Rate? What's his zone contact rate like? And it's you know the Chris Carters, the Trumbos, like big mashers, who who yeah. are punishing mistakes in a way. But that's not who he is right now. No, as of as of I haven't checked today, but as of a day or two ago, his line drive rate was seven point eight percent and the lowest of all qualified MLB position players. Yikes. That ain't good. So next one, talk about figuring it out. Can you do you think is there still a chance that Drew Storm can figure it out? Got some swing and miss the other day. He looked, Last time he looked, he looked, he looked better, yeah. He looked he better. Looked pretty good. He gave up a a pretty hard hit ball to Beltre, who yeah. Bel- who just kind of did an Adrian Beltre thing and hit it the other way. He's so good. I don't, you know, talk about hating Texas. There's a lot of guys I'm like, fuck, I kind of like these guys on Texas. 
Some of them are trash. The package is uh, itself is trash. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. But yeah, Beltre. But literally, you start going down the list of Texas players, and it's like, oh yeah, he's fucking great. Mostly when it's Adrian Beltre. It's that's that's like a I got, lot. Of I, was, I got Mazzara in my, in my pool. Yeah, so me I gotta, too. I gotta, me too. <laughs> Let's not pretend like, like that's not a factor. Odor is obviously fucking amazing. Got him in my though, pool as well. Even though you know, fuck him for being so good. He was apparently hearing it from the fans because uh, he's a nuisance. Darvish Dar- 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 will, will be okay in the playoffs, you know, in a, in a rotation. I think. Ruggie R- R- Odor and uh, and Josh Donaldson got into it the other night. Oh, I must I must admit I missed that. Where there was a uh, fly like a weird oh you know I don't pop think I did went over that. the back yeah, of the infield yeah. and and uh, whoever chased it down Goins I guess or Barney through the third is Odor like. That's one thing with the Rangers is they ran the bases like a bunch of morons this week. <laughs> they made so many insane outs on the bases. Yeah. So he uh, he tried to go to third and he got thrown out and Donaldson kind of tagged him sort of high up on his body. No, there was not having it. Ooh. And then they had this guy he's been hearing from Machado about that Donaldson and his aggressive high tags. Well, here's the thing with Josh Donaldson is if he's not on your team, there's a very good chance you <laughs> really don't like him. <laughs> yep. He's, I mean, uh, I, I, shit just troubles us falls Josh Donaldson around, which is a way that suggests that maybe it's him. <laughs> uh, there, well, no, there was that thing last year, right? But everybody's like, mm-hmm. oh, I always kind of thought he was an asshole until he was my teammate. Like, he's, yeah, yeah. he's barking at people and he's Josh Donaldsoning around. Well, uh, Stacy, Stacy May Fowles was noted uh, that he doesn't seem to like men at all. <laughs> He doesn't like men. He's really good with his mom, and he's always nice yeah. to Hazel May. Like they seem to have a very nice relationship, a professional relationship. Uh, but he's seems really cold and distant with with dudes. He just mm-hmm. just can't get into it. Which uh, you know, I get that. Yep, men are trash. Uh, although and all that stuff, no, who cares? You know why? Josh Donaldson over the last three hundred sixty-five days, eight point eight wins above <laughs> replacement. Brett Laurie, Kendall Graveman, Franklin Barreto, and Sean Nolan. Hey, Brett Laurie's off, off to a hell. He is start. actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll go Good on. We've got that. another one. We got some more. We got. We're keeping this thing moving. So Drew Storen is actually the one we're we're actually. Oh talking yeah, yeah, about. yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't know that he can no. figure it out. Uh, if he can throw that, I don't chick- think he'll ever be the guy that we when he was traded for. We're like, oh, it's like he's like a closer. This is great. This is like a real, you know. I don't know. Sometimes he played. He, if he throws that changeup that he threw through that other night, and it's kind of not necessarily the most high leverage situation, um, or was it? Anyway, he the changeup was an, is a nice weapon for him to have against lefties. Yeah, it's tough when it's tough when his you know he's like, well, I'm just getting used to the American League, you know. It's like that. That says something about. <laughs> About how bereft of answers you are to sort of figure your shit out. Gotta get used to the ballparks. Yeah. As I watch the ball rattle around in many of the corners and careen off the field fences. Yeah. I get the new view for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know that I can that I can say that he's going to figure it out. I, one good outing is not going to change I, no. that. No, it's true. Though, uh, on the other hand, you know, this and the Cecil, I mean, it's just... Because they're relievers and just the nature of the job. It's like, you know, people are just shitting on Cecil and that was ridiculous this weekend. Uh, it's like, has he has he pitched 12 innings yet this year? People are insanely shitting on Brett Cecil. He was all offended because people were booing him. Well, because people are fucking idiots. They shouldn't boo him. You would you would think so. Uh, they pay their this ticket. 
They have their right to be as fucking shitty garbage people as they would like to be. This is a different debate than the one we had on Monday. It is, yes. Don't boo Brett Cecil. No, don't boo Brett Cecil. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I understand my opposition to booing an opposing player. To jeering an opposing yeah. player. Well, it was there was there was something else to that. There's that, not that, that there, left a bad no, taste in my mouth. Nobody's goading Brett Cecil. They're booing him. Yeah, some some people, I call them idiots, will say that they're booing the situation. That you know that's the common refrain when you know the boos come out when you know something bad happens on the show. Oh, they're booing the situation. It's like really, like is the situation hearing you? Is it is the situation hearing your displeasure? Like. You're just being a fucking baby, is basically what you're admitting. Or, you're lying and you are kind of booing your own player, because you're an entitled ex- fucking People idiot. express themselves. Hey, no, I, I, said, I said this Listen, I said this on Twitter the, the other day. And I, I think you know, that... Boo, all you, your ticket gives you the right to boo. It does not make you immune from saying you're a shitty garbage person. You've talked a lot about uh, the former... Lizard, shape-shifting lizard person that used to run this country. <laughs> yes, I see. What if maybe you're one of them? Oh, what if you, lizard? if you are wearing, you are a lizard man wearing a bearded suit. That's, that's a concern of mine now. Wow. You've just gone full ghoul. I think I could do better if I was a lizard person, to be frank. Yeah, uh, you'd think that if you were going to be a part of the, the secret society of yeah. lizard people. Uh... <laughs> You're yeah, doing fine. Maybe. I don't know. You're doing fine. Yeah, it's fine. But you're uh, maybe not like you maybe... <laughs> I'm not the prime minister. No, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, there's, there's the, the, the lizard, the lizard, uh, the lizard people have become quite stratified recently. It's really a problem. This is, well, this is problematic true. lizard men. Anyway, uh, the next one is uh, related. Brett Cecil, don't boo him. Uh, according to John Gibbons, he's now a lefty only guy. You know what that is to me? That's trash. That's not good, yeah. I'm sure this will only be but a temporary setback. I mean, you, I think I would I would suspect this is Gibby's way of uh, getting him going, you know? Let, you know, putting him in a position to succeed and to get his feel back and to put him in some positive, you know, spots where, you know, where it's better for him with the view to being... I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think this is... Brett Cecil on September 30th is going to be a lefty-only guy. Sure as I'll hope not. He's better than that. But he hasn't been so far. It's been tough to watch. I remain steadfast in my belief that Brett Cecil is fine. I do not have any time for those who would doubt him. He looks fine. I I think he's fine. The Dodgers, I'm looking at the Dodgers lineup here, and it's pretty... There's a lot of left-handed hitters in the mix. Carl Crawford left-handed. I brought this up uh, in a radio hit that I did today, uh, and I will bring it up again because I, because if you're not in Edmonton, you probably didn't hear it. Uh, it it is a little bit like Aaron Loop last year, I think, in that uh, you know Loop was just Loop was just bad and awful. If you look at only the outcomes of his pitches and and. You know, we looked at, I remember we talked about it a bunch and, you know, we looked at it, it's like there was, there, there like, errors and balls just squeaking through and him making, making his own mess with, you know, fielding and, mm-hmm. and if, when you looked at the underlying numbers, it was like, oh, Aaron Loop is actually, like, not having a bad year, except, in every, in every way, except the outcomes of what he was doing. And I think Cecil, there's a bit of that with Cecil, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's been great 
per se the whole way through, but he's looked he's looked decent lately, and I think there's some element of of that. You know, it's it's tough, especially because you know it's early season and we're talking about such small samples for relievers. We're talking about ten, twelve innings, mm-hmm. where it's like you know he comes in, his job is to is to get a to get an out, and he gets a ground ball and it squeaks through. You know, that's that's not a failing of his, but it looks like a failing of his. And when that happens, you know, a little more than it should, uh, I think it, uh, I think you're right. It ends up looking worse than what the reality is. Uh, and we spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time kind of parsing Aaron Loops yeah. outings and being like, Oh, there's an unearned run here. And this was bad. Like we were making, trying to make it, make a case for him to make the te- the post the playoff roster. roster. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, I the one I don't know about you, but I, I get a lot of a lot of the comments I were I was getting was about why don't why do they still let Brett Cecil pitch in high leverage, and I, the my reply was always well you can't like rush it right you can't just at the first or second of bad outing you go in and strip him of his job or yeah. knock him down and uh, so which is definitely pitch, how fans would love to manage a bullpen which well and, I, there's and, a disconnect I think between having because like, the because your fantasy team, you don't have to manage people. Well, and your fantasy it's a cheap and, way to put it, and it's pulling it back on the fantasy stuff. But for real, I think that it's the one thing we've talked about before is you don't have to manage every game like it's the seventh game of the World Series. And there's a difference between you know, kind of the Cito Gaston, we lose one now to win two later sort of yeah. thing. And I think there's a big element of that as it relates to bullpen management. Yeah, I wrote about this, you know, not just the bullpen, but everything. <laughs> uh, about, uh, you know, people lose their minds about, oh, you know, the wins now matter as much as wins in September. You gotta, you know, you can't, you can't just be like, oh, it's early and, and not be concerned about, about, you know, losing a game. Uh, and really, it's like, it's like, yeah, but the first inning matters just as much as the ninth inning. You don't just start yanking players and doing all this crazy shit in the first inning because things aren't going well. You have to, you have to, you know, think about the long view and think about, you know, are you going to blow your bullpen this game, this series? Are you taking out your starting pitcher because, you know, because you have no other choice, or can things maybe right themselves and 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 get better without you doing any sort of move? And especially when there are so many you know, variables and so much consequence still to come mm-hmm. because you're so early on in, in the process of the game or the season. Uh, so, yeah, this the whole idea of managing every game like it's the seventh game of the World Series is kind of insane because it's not. I think that the season is so long that you have to be building towards something. It's difficult unless your team is truly, truly one of the greats or, or very, very talented where you rush out to a great start and then you sustain it mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Yeah. Where the, the the length of the season lends itself to that sort of slow build and you're building and you are, the guys go in and they do their work every day and it's, you know, you're, you're building toward what's going to happen. And yes, of course, you'd love to win. You'd love to win every game all year long. But it's it's more about that maintaining the trust and maintaining the the uh the the balance or whatever you want to talk about that that where guys you know the players like to know their roles and you start yeah. jerking them around and it's you're going to piss them off you're going to mess them up 
You're going to get them where they aren't going to want to play for you, or they're not going to be accepting of a role that you will then assign to them when the games do matter that much more. Yeah, but, I, I think. I mean, I think we have to because we don't know what he's really thinking behind closed doors, you mm-hmm. know. But so there's a tendency at this time of year to sort of project what we think Givens might be doing with this kind of stuff. But I certainly think that it's a good idea, and I do personally. Give him a little more leeway on stuff like this, you know. Puts Arnold Leone into a into a situation where Arnold Leone probably shouldn't be. Mm. Uh, maybe that's a bad example, but you know, he kind of it's like you know, letting guys letting guys show what their role should be, letting them determine their own role as much as he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then you can't, you know, then it's just a way of managing people. Then you can't you can't come back and say you're not giving me a fair shake. Mm-hmm. It's like all right tried you there's a reason why you're going back to the bottom of the pecking order and i think especially at this time of year when when roles are still sort of being solidified mm-hmm. uh that there's a bit of leeway that you have to give in terms of how he manages people and manages you know his relievers uh, as they as they try to figure this the fuck out so yeah i, I think i want to give i want to give gibbons some uh some rope on this uh, which is why I'm okay with, for now, him being like, all right, Cecil is mm-hmm. just going to be lefty on lefty. Mm-hmm. Because, and maybe it's, maybe I'm being too kind to Givens, but I think that that's, that's a way of him getting Cecil going and, and trying to yeah. get him in a position where he's going to be better later on during the season and not just crazy Givens wasting opportunities to have Brett Cecil face right-handed hitters which he should be doing fine against because that's what he is and has been they're fine it's all fine everything is fine uh, that's basically it that's all I've got alright oh one more question do you believe that the Red Sox are better than the Blue Jays no no I don't Red Sox are pretty good they're pretty good get some good players yeah we'll see how that goes we'll see that's it. They got, that, they got, you know, they uh, they did pick up the Jays' number three starter in the off season. You know, that was that was good. <laughs> it was uh, a nice move on their part. I have a feeling. He was now what? Who, what, is, what is he? Their fourth starter now? He's terrible. He has like he's striking up twelve guys <laughs> for nine innings with like one walk. He's bonkers. He, he'll be fine. They'll be fine. No, he's a uh, bust. Buckles is bad though. Yep. But which is always hilarious. Watch out for Rick Porcello. He's kind of slaying. Kind of good. Yeah, they're close. They're I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to give them the fucking satisfaction of saying they're better than the Jays, though. Did you know the trash Yankees are trash? <laughs> that is fun. I will not unenjoy that. Yeah. That's it for this edition of Birds All Day. We've been prattling on for uh, probably way too long uh, with some breaks from the stupid Raptors and also from, I would say, I'm going to guess a record-setting number of yawns. Yeah, that's it. Seems like seems like uh, I like that. I, yawns are are infectious. Your brain yeah. can't help it. Yeah. So I'm spreading my disease to you. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Well, hopefully the listeners have been yawning along. That's what you look for in a podcast. <laughs> yawning, and energy. Thank you so much for listening to Birds All Day. We'll be back on our regular schedule next week. Uh, so for Mister Andrew Stout, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next week. 